down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this uh, very, very lovely 124th episode of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name, as always, is Adam Camilleri. Thank you very much for joining us during this fabulous holiday season, and I am joined by one of my most favoritistest of people on this planet. Uh, you may know him as the guy who literally, literally YOLO'd White Scars successfully, although it wasn't White Scars, but, you know, same kind of sentiment to some phenomenal success this year. He's really, really having a career year, and he's currently ranked number two in the ITC right now. We're here to do this, the, the second episode in our kind of tale of the top of the table. I don't know what I'm really calling this. It's a bunch of T words I'm slapping together ad nauseum. But uh, interviewing the top players in the ITC in the run-up to the LVO, getting the story of their season so far, checking in with how they're feeling about the game and uh, their mindset leading into the finals. And I'm here joined by, like I said, one of my most favorite mad lads. Uh, loves a good role. Loves a very good role. You know, he can explain that. Uh, <laughs> his name is Jack Harpster. Welcome to the show, my dude. Hey, buddy. Good to be back on. How, how have you been? Been good man um busy moving house setting up stuff for my trip head back over to see your lovely selves i'll be giving you a high five at lvo um yeah, and just kind of <laughs> how you doing that was that was my that was my foley artist <laughs> yeah how you doing dude i'm doing all right just got over a brush with nurgle last week but i'm doing better doing better looking forward to uh christmas time and i'm very honored to be on on episode 124 this one means a lot to me yeah well, why does 124 mean a lot to you oh it's a special number is it I, probably i don't know <laughs> i mean somewhere it's special to someone yeah <laughs> it, it feels uh, like one two four i don't know uh, you know they're all special for those of you who do not know, Jack is uh, one of the members of Art of War. He's one of the core foundation kind of living in the trap house members. Even though he's never lived in the trap house, he's, you know, exists in the trap space, so to speak. Kind of orbited the, the trap. Yes. He's a satellite. Would it be a satellite? You're like a moon of the trap house? Uh, to, to I the, guess so. You are, you are a, a titan to the trap houses of Jupiter. Um, and yeah, Jack was like just the maddest guy, the maddest lad when I headed over there. Uh, but this time last year, I was uh, up to my neck in LVO prep with you lads, testing Crusher Stampedes and Thick Cities and uh, oh, Custodies had just come out and all other wacky and wild stuff. And Jack was the guy who went out of his way to make me feel comfortable. Um, and for that, he has my kind of eternal gratitude because it was a bit of a jump jump into the deep end moment for me and, and jack was you know so me and jack are pretty close if you haven't got that yet so we're gonna have yeah. a we're gonna have a spicy uh interview here which you know kind of might get sentimental might you know might be a little close to home or it might just be pure concentrated 40k mayhem, mayhem. exactly right and <laughs> uh, that would that would that sounds about right yeah yeah also- I needed my Adam talk, so you know if I get that because I pick you up and we drive over to the stream house together, you know, I mean that's just how life is. That's right. Getting the pub sub on the way, you know, it was that's right. Just, that's right. Just good times. Uh, Show up randomly in uh, in Florida, <laughs> and we're just here, and I'm like, all right, that's just how things uh, are now. Joe, I'm scared. Someone take care of me. Jack's like, I got you, brother. Because <laughs> I, I hadn't met you beforehand before you moved to Florida. Literally, we'd never met before. Uh, yeah, yeah. We did like two podcasts. And then we like messaged a little bit before you came here. And then that was, it was a, it was a whirlwind time, you know? It was, yeah, yeah it was, uh, it was absolutely freaking lovely. We're going to be doing it again. We're going to be winding the clock back. Cause I'll be over there in uh, what, two months from now. I'll be probably hanging out in the trap house. 
but, right. but we are here to talk about yourself, mate. Talk about your journey up the ITC ladder. It's safe to say you're having a bit of a career year and you've done it in pretty crazy fashion. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Art of War does some phenomenal stuff. And I need you to tell everybody about it. Oh, boy. Yes, yeah, so Art of War, we have ourselves a uh, first and foremost thing we pride ourselves on is having a community of amazing 40k players, both amazing in terms of being very good and amazing in terms of being very uh, helpful and fun to know. That would be in our uh, War Room community on our Discord. So if you sign up to the War Room, you will get access to that and you get to talk to all of the different faction uh, channels that we have. Secondly, we have a bunch of great coaches who create content we make uh faction focuses we do stream games we do various different shows and those you have access to through the art of war the war room and you can watch uh, all of our coaches giving their expert opinions and advice on the different factions playing games if you watch our youtube games then two more of those every single week will be on the war room exclusively uh as well and uh, if you like our shows like Fix My List or uh, Hot Topics and you'd like to participate by either submitting a list or a topic, that would also be come from the War Room. You can post your list up and uh, me and Brad Chester will fix it live on camera or uh, Brad and John will respond to your, uh, to your proposed topic uh, in, in Hot Topics. Basically, it's a big old community. And you can learn more about it at theartofwar40k.com. That's also where you can grab the second part of this podcast, which will be a continuation of my chats with Jack going a little bit, maybe a little bit more personal, depending on how Jack's feeling about getting into his personal life. Otherwise, we do have a bunch of also listener questions, which have been submitted by our patrons and subscribers. So jump us over and hit it up there at theartofwar40k.com or at theartofwardownunder over on Patreon. Let's jump into this, my man. What are your impressions of the meta right now and in the meta leading up to the LVO? Uh, I think it's probably in one of the healthier states that it's been in uh, in the game's life. I mean, the game has never like been a particularly healthy meta game, mm-hmm. um, but 8th helped a little bit until Iron Hands came out. Ninth has been getting better as time's gone on. Like uh, It was fine, then Drakari came out and it was no longer fine. <laughs> and over time, it started getting better, a little rocky at times, like sometimes... You know, Tau and Freebooters would come out and you just get shot to death. And But now we're at a pretty balanced place in the metagame where most armies can do well. I think they missed the they, they missed the goal a little bit on the last balance updates. They didn't really change anything. Um, and I think there's a couple armies that are overperforming right now. But mostly the army the game is in as, as good a state as it has been in. Totally agree. Yeah, it's definitely taking the the aging like a fine wine of a vinegar approach uh, to the, to this one. And you're absolutely right. They, it looks like they did finally learn some things from that golden age of eighth edition where we had like six to nine months of just beautiful stability. Um, until we got Tyrannies, was it Tyrannies that upset the apple cart? You think this in this 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 round was oh, it? Um, was Tyrannies the Iron Hands of this edition, or was it more Eldari and Tau as just a soup of different powerful factions? Tyrannids and Harlequins have just been hanging on as like the one and two armies through like nerf after nerf after nerf That's because true. they've just been taking like tiny little love taps. Um, but we'll see how they react in the latest balance update. Really hope if they get brought down into line, I think. Pretty much any army can win. Um, Space Marines, Admech, uh, GSC, those sort of armies do need to get boosted up a little. But I think we're one balance patch away from like every army being a contest, like a you know contender. Yeah, I, I think, think that's a great place to be. Spot on, my dude. And I think the top of the meta doesn't need as many touches as people may think. It is more like you said, the bottom just needs a full 
swathe of improvements. If you improve the yeah. bottom right now, it would be in a beautiful place. Um, yeah, mostly Space Marines. Space Marines admech need to go up. Yep. Um, there's probably like an army I'm forgetting about or whatever, but I don't have the tier list, you know, right in front of me. <laughs> then, you know, Flamers need to go down. I think Kastrikan need to go down in terms of power level, not points, God no. And then um, Tyranids and Harlequins need to get brought back into line. Do that, I think we will have like every single army can compete. And that's a place I don't think 40k has ever been in. No, has never been. Has never been. Well, it hasn't been in a place where 50% of the factions could compete. Hence, people losing their minds right now. Because yeah. essentially, it's probably about two-thirds of the factions can win a, could win a GT with the right player, right list, you know, right day kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But let's backtrack to Jack getting started in this hobby because you've had a bit of you've had a bit of an interesting story and a bit of a tale in this. In I'm not sure if you'd call it a from the outside looking in, I'd call it something of a roller coaster in your getting and transitioning into where you are now, as in like one of the premier uh, professional players in the world. But tell us, how'd you get started with 40k or in, in tabletop gaming in general? Well, I started about ten years ago, right at the end of fifth edition. So we're ninth edition now, you know. So that should. I should tell you something. That was a while ago. Uh, I got started about 10 years ago. Um, I played a bunch of Magic when I was younger, and there was a game store near me I would go to a couple times for like Friday Night Magic, that sort of thing. And I went there, and I saw, out of, out of everything, I saw a poster on the wall for uh, Mordheim. And I already knew about 40K. I'd actually gotten like Assault on Black Reach and then didn't start the game. Uh, for Christmas or something when I was when I was much younger, and then I got um, I think a box of Fire Warriors and a Commander, a Tau Commander. I didn't start the game either, but then I I, I decided you know screw it, I'm going to learn 40k, and then I learned 40k like that next Wednesday or something, and I just came back over and over again. And I other than a non consensual break due to COVID, a year off because the competitive scene kind of died for a year. Fair enough. Um, other than that, I've been playing straight since then, and that uh, that was a while ago. That was a long time ago. Legit, yeah. We're we're getting to the we're like the the medium age guys in the the meta now, where we're like sorry in, in the community now, where we're like our early mid thirties kind of crew. We're like we've been here since you know half half the game's life ago now with fifth edition going into tenth edition. It's it's kind of weird. So what you used to play back then? I mean, I've kind of army hopped my whole time. Like, I started with CSM. CSM was my first first army, and I still kind of like it. The problem, the problem is that I like to solve problems, and so if I hit the same ones over and over again, I get kind of bored. Okay. So I like to move to solving new problems, and a lot of the time, that's in army construction. I kind of get bored of making an army if I just kind of run into the oh tau doesn't have enough stuff you know that's you know i don't have enough um units that run around or do i you know or do i run with the crisis variant or do i run with no crisis and i'll throw that around in my mind for a while while the problem's interesting and then i'll put a put a list together and i'll play it and then my mind will like move on to a whole nother problem mm. and like i want to solve that um and so I've always kind of been like that, where I'm where I'm hopping and trying to solve new problems. So when you get you know when you, when you get deep into a meta game, that just kind of adds levels to that joy, right? Where you are constantly trying to crack the meta, work into what what will be what will be this, what will be good into that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It feels like once I've once I've kind of feel like I've solved an army, it 
just kind of want to move on and solve another one. You know, I just want to keep having that. And so I'll just keep moving around the, yeah. the meta because by the time I get back to start, the whole game has changed. And so I'll just go back around again. That's cool. So you find your joy from that, um, that feeling of success, that feeling of having solved it, fixed it, sorted it, uh, uh, the unlocking of knowledge or yeah, solving your problems. I think that's really cool. That probably resonates with a bunch of people. Um, outside of the hobby, what are your other kind of interests in life at the moment? Um, well, outside of the hobby, there's honestly not, not too much that the hobby leaves, too much time-wise the hobby leaves me other than, you know, um, making sure I have time to eat at night. But my other hobby would be uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Hell yeah. Which, uh, Adam already knew the answer to that one. Because <laughs> I brought him out to my gym a couple times when he was in Florida. We had a good role. It was it was quite fun. That's what we said. When we uh, Jack loves a good roll. It wasn't it wasn't referring to sandwiches. I was referring to. You love sandwiches, though. <laughs> he does. He does. He's a sandwich connoisseur. But it was more of the fact that he loves to get he, get on the mat and just try and pretzel you into really uncomfortable positions, which he did at nauseum. It was it was a good time. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> I've been doing that for about four years now. So, de- got a decent level of understanding. You know, I'll figure out how it works. You know, sometime in the next six months, which if. If you uh, if you know jujitsu, that's a running joke. Yeah, um, but that that's fun. Keeps me in shape uh, and is a way to like nerdify working out, mm-hmm. which is something I need because just working out for working out, I won't do. But if it's a game and I can get better at it and learn it, then I will actually keep coming back. Is it? And I'm doing it with other people. Is well. it interesting to say that I feel like your answer to the previous question and this one are like intrinsically linked? Like you want to solve problems. You want to you want to feel like you're solving and progressing, and there's nothing like you know progressing. People who don't know Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you essentially you'll start a posi- you'll you'll start on you know one person on their back, one person essentially grappling on top of them, and then you have to progress your way through through positions and holds in order to gain supremacy in the interaction, and that seems to be a similar thing of progression and learning a path and finding a solution as to what you said before. Yeah, if. If you've never done it and that sounds like it might be might be fun for you, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Honestly, I shill for it with basically everyone I talk to. Um, it is a martial art based around grappling uh, exclusively. So there's no there's no punches, there's no kicks, any of that. If you're worried about getting hit in the face, which I don't really want to get hit in the face, although you know I, I do want to learn. I do want to. I've taken a couple kickboxing classes, and I do want to learn that at some point. Um, but it's a gr- exclusively around grappling, kind of like wrestling. It, it, yeah, it's it's a phenomenally deep and interesting pastime. Uh, it's there's so much to learn. It's, it's you crazy. trained for a long time before you. It takes about six months to feel like you start to even understand what is going on. <laughs> uh, it takes about six months, and then it can take the rest of your life to feel like you mastered it. So, um, it's it's just it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Past that, I also play quite a few video games. I got a PS5. I played nice. a bunch of Overwatch um, recently. Recently, I played Overwatch 2. Um, played a bunch of Destiny. Big Destiny fan. Just finished uh, the Witch Queen campaign on Legendary, Oof. which is not easy. Very proud of that. Uh, that was during my bout with Nurgle last week. I uh, finally got the time to to finish that up. That's, that's how you do it, man. Like Yeah. No, Nurgle's got you in the hole. You get some, you know, get some nerd progress up your, up your sleeve. Um, biggest passions and peeves in uh, 40k or tabletop gaming. At this point, the reason I keep coming back to 40k, other than it's my job now, um, <laughs> other than that, 
But the reason I keep going to events uh, is because that's where all my friends are at this point. Like my passion at this point, I've been going to tournaments for nine, 10 years, nine years, probably. I, at this point, know people at every single event I go to and I have close friends at every event. And so now I'm kind of priced in, unfortunately, like I have to, I have to go to events. So I get to see my friends. So kind of stuck, you know, once you, yeah. once, once you're in 40 K doesn't let you back out, which is fine. That's good. Actually, probably. I don't know. Just like the mafia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I mean, once you've, once this thing has like wrapped itself around you and you become like right into the hobby community cocoon, um, envisioning leaving it and not seeing all your mates like it's kind of crazy I, I mean you've just come to the wtc there's people in this world who i only get to see at the wtc every year and so now i just have to go every year like because i want to see my mates even if i'm not playing even if i'm not streaming casting or whatever i'm just going to go hang out because i just want to see my mates and it's a beautiful thing to have um wtc was was a case of um there's First off, it's it was great seeing everyone last year, so it's also going to be great seeing everyone this year because I made a bunch of friends and oh god, now I'm stuck. Uh, same way, you know. Um, but it was also it was also just a fun time because in the same way that I like solving new problems, uh, WTC is a thought a thought puzzle that will absorb all of the brain power you put into it. There is no end. It's in- so mm-hmm. it's just a great way to sink that like brain power just over and over and over again uh until it comes like there's there's no amount where you there's no amount of thinking where you figured out wtc completely correct correct there's there's no and there's no way one person can uh extrapolate or take into account every factor possibility probability it's it's freaking amazing it's it's so cool anyway we're not gonna gush we're not gonna wtc gush on this one we've done that at maybe a little it'll do a little more biggest peeve of of forty k of the community tabletop gaming can be can be yeah can be whatever. Um, biggest peeve I think is probably the fact that there's even a split between competitive and casual players, um, competitive and narrative, and I think it's largely perceived as a split. Like I don't actually think there needs to be. I think people self sort and then say that there's a difference. It's like you can enjoy going to a tournament and you can enjoy playing in a narrative event. And I've done both of those. And there's there's no reason you can't. I think people see the competitive scene as and this has changed recently because it's opened up. But I've lived through the dark ages of the competitive scene. Yeah. Where Games Workshop didn't acknowledge the competitive scene as a thing that was like even a good thing to have. You know, like they thought, oh, this this is bad. Get rid of it. And we had to run our own tournaments and, you know, and that's, it's all changed for the better. It really has. But an artifact of that is that people think that tournaments are a haven for, um, like win at all costs, I think is the, is the shorthand that people use is for the, it. Is the slur as it's becoming. Yeah. yeah. Win at all cost players. And the idea is like they would sell out their own mother to try to win the game and they do all kinds of underhanded stuff and they'll play cheesy builds. And there, there is a sense of like, yeah, you, People will play cheesy builds. That's kind of how all competitive games work. You know, people don't, if they see a really good combo in Magic, they don't 
not uh, plot. But I mean, at some level, it does, at some level, it does become really stupid. Sorry to interrupt, because at some level, it's almost like having to go at a weightlifter with lifter for doing weights before going to the weightlifting contest. It is at some point, it is kind of a, a stupid notion. But and yet, I really understand it. It's it's kind of tr- it's it's. I've put just as the narrative player, I've put just as much effort into this game as you have, modeling, painting, probably more. And now I'm trying to play the game, and the way you're playing it is denying me my enjoyment. And I get that. I totally I get, get that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you go to, I think if you go to a tournament where people are trying to win, I think that 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 complaint isn't particularly valid about people's builds being being cheesy or whatever. But I, I think people do. Because people don't go to events before they before they say these things, and I think that people don't realize that they're people who are just trying to have fun, and so they they think that there's this scene out there where people are you know willing to sell out their own mother to try and win the game, and that's just not true. I've gone to events as I said for like nine years. I've probably been to more events in the last three years than almost anyone. Um, yes, that's fair. Yep, the last two years, the last three years was a whole year off. Yeah, but the last two years, I think I've been to more events than almost anyone, and I've I can count the bad games I've had. Like I've literally had hundreds and hundreds of tournament games a year. Like every year, I've had hundreds of tournament games, and I can count the the bad games on like one hand. Well, that's true. Almost every time. You know, I leave. We'll get. I'll get like a drink with my with my opponent afterwards, or something like that. It's a big community, and it's getting more connected, and it's it's getting bigger. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And I think that people who who uh, attack the competitive scene just don't understand because they haven't been a part of that. And I w- I wish they would. Yeah, but here's also the thing, right? You've played hundreds of games, hundreds of games in the last like. 24 months. Hell, last calendar year, you probably played in the hundreds of games. Um, and you can remember all your bad interactions. I can remember all my bad games. Of the, every every bad, uncomfortable, or game I didn't want to play of this game, I remember them all vividly. It might be that I've got a, a pretty uh, obnoxiously sharp memory, which is kind of more of a curse than a blessing. But that's, I think, and I don't want to say this is this is a generalization, but I feel like that sentiment is true for most people. Your bad interactions in this community stick with you a lot more than the good. Um, and is that because we spend so much time and effort, and that if you have a bad interaction, you're stuck with that bad interaction for three hours for you know the the competitive round of a of a game? I think that's just how humans are um, built. Honestly, as we remember the bad and we kind of forget the good. But I mean, we. If you go to an event and you play six games, you almost always come out of that with six friends. And it's just a lot of fun. And I, I think that it's that kind of commentary is more from like four or five years ago, back when people, Dude. if you mentioned competitive uh, 40K, uh, 50 comments would come out of the woodwork to be like, log, get, get wrecked of competitive 40K, imagine. But like, I, I think that's kind of died down a lot. But I, I also think that the Games Workshop, um, narrative event was was great to experience like it i was there for the uh gw finals but they also had the the narrative event there and the narrative event was looked like so much fun uh c's got to participate in it (laughs) not but i got to watch as they this massive mega battle and i watched people dressed up as like a tanith first officer and some but there was um my friend zach was dressed up as uh uh, whatever his name, Cran the Beast. He was like a Chaos Commander. 
it was it was super cool. And also, I do think that attitude has changed somewhat. So that that might just be, you know, a couple people on the internet somewhere viciously hate posting about yeah. competitive 40k. Well, you know, it happens. If you want to pick out my biggest peeve about 40k, that's probably it. It's not as big a deal anymore. anymore it's really not. I mean, it. I feel like the whole the whole issue was exacerbated. First, it was exacerbated by GW not supporting the format. And then it being essentially community driven, and then the optics of, of competitive forty k in sixth and seventh edition were horrific. Like no one yeah, were- with any yeah no one with any love for the story of the game could get into it. Oh, what what am I playing against this this week? Oh, it's Black Legion and a Riptide Wing. <laughs> yeah, it was when my Grey Knights were summoning demons was where the yes. point where I felt like the fluff was getting left behind. Yeah, because I did have a build at one point where Grey Knights would summon demons on the board, uh, dude. Uh, everyone, which seems not there was cool. there was no amount of disbelief that could be suspended um, for you to enjoy the the game as a narrative. You just had to look. You just had to remove all, all disbelief, all uh, take away any notion that these these models have a story or these models have factions or anything like that. It's all out the window. Just play whatever you want. And it just wasn't for people. It wasn't for me. I only I played exclusively guard, and then I souped in either assassins or a little bit of admech when I and that, that's all I played because it was a road too far for me to do that stuff. Um, yeah, well, you yeah. know, and yeah, but anyway. I, I don't know. I mean, I I liked parts of seventh and I liked sixth, but they definitely weren't polished or yeah, the, the end of seventh. We if you haven't heard, it's wild. Um, <laughs> the stuff that was going on, it's, but it was uh, still like a decent game for most, for most of sixth and, and some of seventh. Um, but yeah, towards the end of seventh, it definitely started to run off the rails. It was just hard to get into. I think the game was really, really weird to get into during sixth and seventh. So you didn't see it take off population wise. Eighth and ninth really helped that ninth, especially way more beginner friendly. And that's why you see a lot of people who just started the hobby. The amount of people I, I played events were like, this is my first event or, you know, this is, yeah, I just started playing a year ago. It's, there's a lot, a lot of people who just picked up the hobby and it's, it's great to see, honestly. All right, let us start this journey for yourself because we're here to talk. You know, we've, we've just jumped around in the weeds and talked about a bunch of different stuff, but we're here to talk about your journey so far through this ITC season. Uh, what you've what you've won, wh- how, what did you win with? What were your motivations, and how are you doing in your prep towards the finals? I do. Are you like? Are you going to the LVO? You have aspirations to come and finish in first place at the end of this season. I'd like to. I mean, I'm six points behind, if I remember correctly, maybe seven or something behind Vic. So he passed me up because he won some one of their million super majors in <laughs> um in England. <laughs> when they've got like one a month, is it really that big an achievement? It it is, but it's yeah, still funny. Yes. No, it's an achievement for him, for sure. Uh he's a fantastic player. We're basically neck and neck at this point because you know, out of like 1400, he's ahead by six. So it's basically who comes in ahead of the other person at LVO, uh, or John could pass. I think he's in third. Um, yeah, so, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I'm definitely going, I'm going to be playing whatever I think is the best army, I think. And we're going to see how it goes. Hopefully I get to play him. That'd be fun. I haven't played him or met him. Uh, I haven't met him either, but he, in, uh, interviewing him last week just sounds like an absolute lovely guy. So yeah, Vic Vijay in currently first place, fourteen hundred and sixty nine nice points. 
Um, Jack Harpster, fourteen sixty three. So you are right. A point, but you're a point nine seven. So you're kind of un, you're kind of under six points. You're five point something away from him. Yeah. So um, we're we're real close to each other. Yeah. So that real is close. that could be as much as like you both make the top eight and you make the he he gets knocked out in the corners and you you make the semis and that that could be enough for you to you to take yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think if I make seventh and he makes eighth, I think that's enough. Wow, that's crazy tight. Yeah, um, and then John. Close. John's right in it, man. John's in third with 14.23, so he's 40 points below you, 40, uh, 46 below Vic. So he'd need he'd need to finish a couple of pa- places above yours. And then there's David right. Gaylard, who's on 14.11 in fourth place. So he's a good 58 points below. And then uh, fifth place... competition, for sure. Yeah, fifth place is Ogden, who's uh, 13.96 uh, in the points right now. So he's that quite a bit off. going to be rougher for him to catch up, but yeah. it is definitely possible i think he needs us not to make top eight 100 he needs to make top eight and you guys can't like you i don't even sure you guys can make shadow round for him to all four of you have to not make shadow round pretty much and he has to go like to the quarters through the quarters we'll see like you get a ludicrous amount of points for for winning lvo and yeah. it drops off pretty fast mm. but anyway uh so how have you made your points where have you gotten them where, where's jack's uh 2022 run start so 2022 runs started like pretty shortly after LVO. I went to um, I went to Cherokee, which was a fun event. Uh, drove like seven hours north, uh, which was fine because I was going to Quentin, Quentin Johnson, Rampage. He's been, been doing really well. Quentin Rampage Johnson, <laughs> and we were going to take the trip up. About seven hours to Cherokee, I think North Carolina. Which we're probably going to do again this year. And I think that was the only ITC event that this that our entire crew went to this year until LVO. I could be wrong, um, but yeah. So anyway, we hopped in the car seven hours north, and Mark just shows up and goes, "Hey, can I come with?" And we're like, "Yeah." He's like, "I'll drive the car. I don't mind driving seven hours up, seven hours back. I'm Mark. I can just do whatever." <laughs> Okay. All right, fine. So he just drove seven hours up and seven hours down. And along the way, we picked up like Anthony Vanilla and also three of his friends. So there's like seven people in this car. Amazing. Um, yeah, because when we get there, they had had a, a heck of a journey up to the event as well, where they had to like land in Atlanta and then get a rental car, but they didn't have any rental cars. So they had to do something. I don't know what it was. But the point was, we drove them back down <laughs> to Atlanta so they could fly up to New York. Um, that Pretty was a lovely. fun event. I decided to take Tau. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big event because it was in the in like an underserved area because there was no like there were no airports and then there was an airport like two hours away, but there was still a lot of people there. So it was still like 175 people. I decided to take New Tau. They were not balanced at all because they had just come out. Um, I was going to take Custodes, and I wanted to hop right back in. I enjoyed the custodies list. Uh, I ended up losing in round six after I was five and zero at LVO last year. And I was kind of like, ah, I was so close. I could have won that game. It was like by one point too. So that's why I hopped right back in the saddle. And I was like, we're going to Cherokee. And like the week before Richard had tore my custodies in half with Tao. And I was like, Oh God. Okay, fine. You can't, can't be Tao. Can't just exist in front of them. They'll shoot you to death. 
fine, I guess I'll be the problem. This was not a case of me hopping to an army. I was like super excited about, although I do like Tau a lot now. So I played them, I played them to WTC and whatnot afterwards, but I did pick them up. I was like, screw it. Me and Quentin both took them and we ended up actually playing in the finals, which was a very fun event. Nice. Very, very fun time. Yeah. And phenomenal, phenomenal story. So literally it was just a case of, wow, the, I was playing the the best, what I thought was the best thing in the game, the best all rounder in custodies, and then the new player just came out and invalidated my choice. So I got to go with that. Yeah, and I would have played into like three custodies mirror matches, which are just no Ooh. fun. They're no, they so, are no fun. <laughs> instead, uh, uh, it was not a custodies mirror match. It was Tau just shooting them to absolute bits, which was which was significantly more fun. Um, yeah, that, that was, and that was when. Everyone was playing all the the Verts Praetors, right? And Tau just made a meal of those dudes. Yeah, Tau would rip through like eight of them in a turn. In a turn, it was disgusting. It was it was wild. I mean, we didn't optimize it as much as we have Tau optimized now, which is always weird. Like after an army gets nerfed, and then that's when you figure it out, and you're like, damn, why weren't we doing that when the army came out? Um, it would have been even more broken. But uh, there's going to be a lot of that, you know. Now we figured out custodies a lot more. We're like, damn, why weren't we doing that in the past? Yeah. It's, it's always the way the arms race, and it's something that's really cool to to track as a bit of an analyst of the game, um, how people's tech progresses and and whatnot. So, where'd you go after Cherokee? Like, what was the next big event for you? Uh, I don't think there was a big event. I mean, like, I can look at my. I don't think so, there was a big so event. So I'm for I'm looking at your run. I've got you at uh, Adepticon making the top eight. Ah yes, Adepticon. Yeah, I did not enjoy Tau very. I mean, I enjoyed Tau because they were really good, but like conceptually, I felt a little dirty for it. So uh, when Eldar came out, Harlequins were absolutely broken, like Insane. in half. Insane. Nine Void Weavers, whatever. And I was like, screw it, I'm not doing that. I'm gonna play Eldar. They look fun. Uh, Ulthway's awesome. I threw in the. Uh, let me let me see what my list was. I threw in the Avatar of Cain. Yeah, that boy. Super cool. And because the model hadn't come out yet, the only one that was legal was the <laughs> tiny Terminator size. I remember right? this. I remember this. People were like, wait, wait, he's like the size of a Gravis armor marine. And I was like, wait, he's yeah, tough. they made me do it. <laughs> he's toughness eight with half damage. And like, yeah, yep. toughness eight, half damage, 14 <laughs> wounds, two up, four up, eight dice. You can give him feel no pain. I love yeah, it, it so was much. silly, but I, there, I would have run it either way. And unfortunately there was literally no other choice well i remember because you tried to get the new model you tried really hard like i think you yeah, even tried to get it but it just didn't come in time like it did not come out in yeah time. you even submitted your list and then started scrambling trying to find proxies for it um yeah something <laughs> it's funny like the right size and they were like nope you need to use that one because that's the legal one and i was like fair okay. um <laughs> other than that i really just put together like because the way i like playing um the way I like playing Eldar is as Seer Council, which is what something I played back in 8th edition, oh, yeah. even though it wasn't that great. Mm. Um, I ran a Seer Council that was like a 9 or 10 man Seer Council with that. What it would do is it would like run around and I, I had like one Shining Spear unit and some Harlequins and it was awesome. That's why I took to the first LVR I went to. It would like run around. It would chain together like 15 powers to solve one problem. Like you every turn was just like an infinite puzzle box that you had to try to unlock yeah. and figure yeah. out and like how am i going to keep my unit safe from shooting what am i going to tie up on this turn i'm going to fall back i'm going to do stuff because you used to be able to fall back and cast powers and then you could fall back and shoot because they'd fly which is what you could do at the time 
and then you could charge uh, because of a warlord trait. And so I was like always putting together this like ping ponging around the turn, doing like five movement phases and just like trying to solve a million problems. It was awesome. So I was like, I'm going to do that again. Eldar come out. And unfortunately, I committed to playing Seer Council in my head. And then they made Seer Council's three mans on bikes. And I was yes. like, ow, that hurts. Um, but I still I still put together Ulthway with uh, the Avatar of Cain. And I mean, the terrain was like non-existent. But yeah, dude. Yeah, the terrain was a bit rough, but it was still a lot of fun. I, I you know, I had 10 Swooping Hawks, which were super busted. No armor of contempt at the time, so people weren't spamming into two-up armor saves as much. I had a million psychic powers, a bunch of random units running around. I would like put to try and put together like, all right, that unit is really tough, but I'm gonna take its cover away and I'm gonna make it minus one save. So okay, so that that problem is solved. Let's go over here. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna doom it and guide it, and I'm gonna hit it with my uh, my avatar, and I'm gonna you know multiple times I'd have like my avatar like four characters hiding behind him. It was it was. <laughs> Dude, it yeah. was, that was a great list. It was, it was a great list. I, was, I remember you having just so much fun, just feeling like you were just like, every win was because of mastery of the game. And, and not saying that Eldar or like Asurani weren't crazy powerful at the time, but they weren't on the, they weren't even on the freaking horizon compared to Harlequins on release. Um, no, Harlequins were nuts. I like, knew they were the best, and I just decided not to put nine nine uh, Void Weavers together. Appreciate that. What comes next in your big wins? We have... Uh, ATC I'm not taking Del- that as like a, as some kind of stand, but I was just like, no, I want to play this army. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, it was just what we were more interested in, what you're passionate about. I love that people get to hear that from a top player saying, hey, there are times when I just don't feel like playing the the boring, spammy nine void weaver crap. I want to I still have stuff I want to play. Um we have uh first of the ATC, uh we have Dallas Open, US Open Chicago, and Nova as other the other things that are in your top score. So which one have- next? I had Dallas Open and Motor City Mayhem next. Oh, yeah. And those those were back like pretty close to each other, like three weeks apart or something. Um, and played sisters for both, didn't you? Played sisters for both. It was a lot of fun. I think I played the same list to both or, or whatnot, um, or pretty close. It had 20 retributors. It, it was a build that John and I worked on where it had two 10-man retributors. Yeah. Uh, yep. It had a um, uh, castigator. It was pretty awesome. I just had a lot of cool sisters stuff. I used to play sisters uh, while ago. I mean, I used to play a lot of armies, but some armies call to me and I, I feel like more of a sisters player than other armies. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to my, back to my roots and we're going to play them. This was actually before they got their broken secondaries. Yeah, this was, this was right before they got their broken secondaries. Um, they were pretty good. I think I, I think I top eighted both. You did They're pretty strong. Um, Oh, sorry, uh, 13th at Motor City and 5th at Dallas. Oh, Motor City, I got knocked out by Joel Wilson. And he went on to beat, he went on to have a great event. He went on to beat Brad and Nick and won Oof, the event. Damn, that's a hell uh, yeah. of a run. Yeah, triple Malaceptors is a hell of a drug. And he also <laughs> well, um, that's exactly right. That's what you're going up to there. Because as soon as the, the Harlequins and the Asurani kind of faded just a touch, like literally they just came out, everyone's like, oh, wow, they're broken. Nids hit the scene and everything kind of went to hell. Yes, yes, everything, everything has had a problem since then. But they've gotten toned down significantly, and uh, hopefully this balance patch turns about again. But we've we've kind of already talked to on that. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So next up, what was next? Was it? Uh, and now these are the two 
we call them the Ungabunga events. This is Nova and US Open Chicago, where you jumped onto a list you barely had any experience with. I think Nova was first. You so uh, the Frontline Gaming um, Cherokee Open, I jumped onto Tau with no practice. Oh, that's true. That's where it's, we yeah, started so- this. And this is this is why I keep saying this is a career year for Jack because he can kind of do no wrong. It seems. Oh, uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to practice before LVO, so maybe I'll wear the magic off. That's what people have been telling me. Uh, I took nights to some RTT. I just wanted to play them, and John came with me. Played Chaos Knights. They came out the same weekend, so we just palled around in RTT. That was actually a pretty good time. Nice. And then we went to ATC. ATC this year was fun. Um, we kind of took a little bit of a, a little bit of a meme, not a lot of bit of a meme, just a little bit. So I took Mephiston and I said that uh, I titled my list "Insistent on Mephiston." <laughs> uh, Siegs took the Deceiver, and he took Double Planes, so he was having himself a good time. I was playing Blood Angels. Um, Nick, we we made Nick not made Nick. We let Nick play Triple Tantalus Dark Eldar. So he ran the three giant catamarans full of dudes just running around the board doing dumb Nick stuff. Um, like every time you kill a boat, like they would disembark in all kinds of weird nooks and crannies and go and take your objectives away and do silly stuff. And um, that was that was just a fun event. I think we went 26, 1, and 3 across all of us. Oh, wow. That was that such was, a. That was, that was a lot of fun. I'm um, just putting it out there. That was just a big Art of War flex. You guys might be playing it down, but uh, you guys are just like, ah, we don't need to take the best armies to win this. And I'm happy I'm saying this, not you. Guys. So that's that's the point. As soon as we're done with that, right? We were practicing for ATC, which is a team event, and after that, it was all WTC. And there's a lot of practice for WTC before that. Like WTC dominates about two months of my life. Only um, two months. You got up. Maybe, there's a, there's honestly, a rookie. Might have been three. There's a rookie numbers right been, there. You got up that. <laughs> you got up that number. That month count. I th- I think it was actually three months of my life. It dominated. We just like practice, 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 prep, 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 prep. Um, because they're just as I said, you'll eat as much brain power as you want to put into it. Like there's no, it's a black hole of thought. <laughs> there's no wrong answer with the amount of time you can put in. It is always how much you got. Because if you don't prepare, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> um, I ended up being uh, on Tau for that, although I was pretty pretty flexible as to what I could take because I can switch armies pretty well. But um, I ended up being on Tau because of my experience with, with Cherokee and yep. also the fact that I'm a little bit more of an aggressive player. Um, and so my goal was to go out there and cut heads off. Just get 20s. And- Yep. And just try and get as high a score as possible in games. Because we figured that Tau was was probably the best army on those boards. It's still really good on those boards. When you have table choice um, and you can dodge a heavy, they're freaking incredible. They Well, because people just think, oh, they can only play on the light. Nah, the light and the medium might as well be the same for Tau, for the way you play it. Yeah, they just move fast, get angles, shoot, and then kill your opponent in like three turns. And, and just wrap the game there. Um, so I... Took up Tau for that, and but also we're testing all kinds of armies. Like I'm not; it's not just oh, my testing's good, we're done. I mean, you know, I could I could have even used more testing. There, there's as I said, there's a black hole. You can put as much thought into it as you want. Um, I went to a prep tournament uh, before, which is good that I did, and then I showed up at WTC, uh, which was beautiful in Mechelen. You know, it was uh, lovely. Can't wait to get yeah, back. Adam and I actually went to the top alongside oh, uh, Sean. Yeah, we did. We went to the top of the uh, 
the clock tower in town, the, the church tower. Yeah. Yeah, it was spontaneous. Me, you, and uh, Sean Naden, we were just like, oh, what are you guys doing today? Because it was the day before the single started. We were just like, ah, oh, I'm going to climb that tower. And you guys were like, oh, let's do it. Also, yep. also, <clears throat> I need to let you know, this is a bit of sweet Adam and Adam and Jack Cannon. You bought a postcard at that, at that clock I tower. I did. You still have it. It's in my bag. It's I, in your I, bag. It's it's been beat up. It's been to it's been to New Zealand. It's been all over Australia with me. Hasn't left my bag. I'll, I'll post a picture of me handing it to you. I'll beat up in a, in a couple of weeks. I'll hand the world's <laughs> most beat up gift card. Uh, gift card. Um. Uh, whatever it's called. Postcard. Yeah. Postcard. <laughs> to my girlfriend. A full like nine months after I meant to send it. And I love it. Like, what what is this? We did it, baby. We did it. <laughs> um yeah i I got them in the clock tower and adam was the only one with the bag so i was like here can you hold on to these and then he's he's still held on to them you know oh yeah yeah he told me to hold on to them still there Um, that was a beautiful tower and oh my god my legs were dead at the time dude it was it was rough it was rough on the the thigh um so yeah so then the ungabunga necrons happened yeah at nova Yes, then Nova happened. Um, I was originally going to play. I don't even remember what I was originally going to play, um, but it didn't work out. And then I was going to play uh, Grey Knights to it because I was like, ooh, I think Grey Knights can beat Necrons because Necrons are the best army in the game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, at the time, they're very good right now. I don't know where they are, but they're definitely not 50% win rate. Get out of here with that. Um, but they were the best army in the game. And I was like, I want to try and play something else. So I think I was first on Tau, and I just didn't see a way to beat Necrons if they went first on GW terrain. They just score too many points too fast, and you can't table them fast enough, and they just win. That's still the case, for the record, um, with Tau. But there were a lot of Necrons at that event, so it's a good thing I didn't run Tau. I didn't see a way to solve that problem. I talked to uh, Andrew Gagno, and he also didn't see a way to solve that problem. I was like, screw it. So here's my plan, right? I'm going to take... I mean, I wrote about this extensively in in like a a recap article that I wrote yeah. for Nova, but you can find that on Goonhammer, I think. But I um, was like, all right, here's my solution, right? I'm going to take, I'm going to play Grey Knight Terminator spam because this is when I thought it was good, and I'm going to put ten Preservers Terminators on the center objective, and I'm they're all going to flip Necrons off as Necrons have no way to deal with it. Zero percent chance to kill them. Like it doesn't right. Chance. Can't kill them, no possible way. Then it's my objective, and then now they're scrambling because they're going to lose on points. Yep. And that was an awesome plan. It was a great plan. I still wanted to test it because, like, you know, once you put something on the table, you, you get a little, uh, <laughs> you, you might get some experience that you wouldn't get otherwise. Uh-huh. And I was going to play against Richard's Necrons. Richard's a busy boy, and <clears throat> Richard was doing other stuff. Richard also said, the matchup is so good for you. You don't even need to test it. And I was like, I know, I know, but (laughs) I still want to. So John was nice enough to put that opposition matchup on the table for me. And absolutely, ah, I mean, I went first, I redeployed, I put 10 Terminators on the center objective, and he killed all of them. And then my following turn left a unit of like, uh, what are they called? The, The Scythe boys. Um, what the Scorpex? Scorpex. Yeah. I left a unit of Scorpex alive in the center of my army, and I'm like, I don't need to see another turn of. Uh, I'm dead. Yeah. So this was like two days before I had to leave because it's a GW event. You can show up day of with a list, like it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. So I was like spiraling out of control. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So literally the day before I have to leave, like the day, like less than 12 hours before I have to leave for Orlando, because I'm going, I was also going taking a vacation to go back and visit my family. So I was also going down to Orlando up to DC and from DC up to the Northeast, see my family and then go over to Washington state to see family. I haven't seen in like 20 years. So in the middle of figuring all of this out, I also have a stream game and last second, I literally switched the stream game from like a balanced demon list uh, to five greater demons, one of each type, four greater demons, one of each type and Bellacore. And uh, I play into, of all things, Sieg's Grey Knight Terminators, the kind of build I was on like the day before, and I just run them over. Like that build is terrible. I'm not playing. <laughs> so I end up going, I'm either playing Tower or I'm playing Necrons. So you can't beat him, join him. And uh, I'm like, I'm going to four up it. And then I had Sieg's roll the die because I thought it was funny. And Sieg's, of course, rolls Necrons because he can't roll, can't roll not good in his life. So he rolled Necrons for me. And I'm like, all right, here's the list. I just wrote it together. And I'm like, screw it. This is what I'm taking. I leave in like eight hours. Um, I leave in like 12 hours or whatever. So this is my list. Definitely don't have time to practice this. Jammed it together, went. List was insane. Um, it was Necrons. I fell asleep every game, woke up with a 97 at the end. I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> uh, And I took specifically Mirror Tech, which paid off because I played four games into other Necrons. So I took tech like two big bricks of scarabs that other Necrons just could not deal with and a big unit of destroyers that would just be like, oh, do you not have shooting because you're Necrons? Well, I have shooting and I'm going to pick up that resource and that resource and that resource. Um, and so that was just steamroll its way through the mirror and then nothing else could really contend with its scoring power. And so it just like steamrolled its way through the event. I was like, Oh cool. I'm along for the ride. That sounds like fun. Absolutely crazy, dude. It, it, quite amazing to see that run, uh, materialize just, uh, cool. Never played the army before. I still think, I think it's the best thing in the game and I'm just going to play it reasonably, reasonably competently, but with tech specifically. So I don't get the same thing that I'm doing to people happening to me. Just as simple as that. Just a top player, yeah, a, a really, really, really cool story. So jumping from that one, <clears throat> you went and recracked uh, Harlequins. <clears throat> yeah, I went. So first, I went to Crucible in Orlando, and that was fun because I went and stayed for a week with uh, Quentin Rampage Johnson at his event. So that was awesome. while there was a hurricane coming. <laughs> Little and, did they know you yeah, were in fact the hurricane. <laughs> we were. <laughs> We were left with a o- couple options. One, we could try to go down day of the event, and that might work, or the hurricane might have made it so that we can't go at all. Or I can go down like a week early, bring bring a laptop so I can do work. Quentin was more than happy to put us up. So we went down early. Yep. <laughs> and so we stayed there for a week. We played a bunch of, played some games, did some work, did a bunch of work. And then um, we're going to go to the event. And I think, I forget what I had submitted. Um, I don't remember what it was. It was a good list. Like, it was a good army. Um, oh, it was Mechdar. Yeah, it was a good army. It was Mech Eldar. It shot a lot. It turned out it was very boring, and I did not want to play it. Um, so I switched to, because I had time before the event, I switched to um, Dark Eldar. 
Because I was yep. like, I'm just going to have fun with this. This is going to be a good time. Nice. So I ran like seven Venoms and a bunch of uh, just Dark Eldar, Dark Eldar stuff. And I went and I went, it's either 4 and 0 and 5 or 5 and 0. Got into the finals with John and his broken Tyranids. <laughs> and I did not win that game, but I made it like respectably close. Um, so I came in second. I was like, that was a lot of fun. You know what? I'm going to play to Chicago now instead of Tower or whatever it was I was going to. I'm going to play Harlequins because Harlequins are like that, except not better. Except better. Yeah. Like they're that, but good. Because uh, Drakari was a lot of fun. Like, man, that army was fun. Um, so I decided I'd play Harlequins to Chicago. So I, you know, we got back. I open up the, the Harlequins Codex and I go out on the porch for like a couple hours and I just pour over it. Not that much to read, but you know. <laughs> all, all five data sheets. <laughs> read them a good couple times, you know. Uh, and I was like, wow, I think Twilight's really good. And a workshop that I do with Quentin, because he also was going to play uh, Harlequins. And so we, we workshopped the idea of Twilight back and forth for a while. And we came to a list uh, that we thought was pretty good. Because Twilight is like, it, it's more flexible, I think. And it's also better in combat than people gave it credit for at the time. Now I think people realize it hits pretty hard. But you could take large units and actually do well with them, whereas people really weren't taking those before, before Twilight. Um, and the, the list did really well, especially on GW Terrain. You can run like big units of troops yeah. and keep, keep them safe. Yeah. And on WTC, I think big units of troops are still okay. It depends on your matchups, though. Um, if you run into like any indirect at all, it sucks. <laughs> if you run into Tau, it's not fun. But they're still really good. And the army was super fun. I'm very proud of like of putting it together again, zero practice other than conceptual, like finagling with the army, very fun army, uh, had a great time and did manage to put a run together through the event. Although almost lost to Dylan Matisek's world leaders drew that game. That was rough. And then, uh, ran into a bit of trouble against death guard of all armies. Uh, but it was it was very fun, very fun event for sure. Dude, it's a fantastic story. Um, really, really cool. And I just love the innovation, just the kind of iterating, um, yeah, uh, iterating on the what everyone thinks is just the meta list, and everyone should just keep taking it. And even before the was that that was before the latest um, light nerfs, yeah, the one where they can't advance and shoot. Yes, yeah, that so was it, like. Or two before that. even before that like, we had no idea that was coming out i mean we yeah. thought harlequins might be getting some kind of change that seems pretty likely no idea it was just going to be delight i mean that yeah. was my but you know um so wrapping up the episode with a couple of closing uh you know closing segment how is your prep for lvo what's your mindset going in what are you really focusing on right now well i was laid flat on my back for about seven days straight last week so no lvo prep there and I'm about to head home for the holidays. So only theoretical prep. As soon as I get back, um, there's going to be a lot of testing going on here. Um, we don't normally play a lot of 40K here at the house. Like People assume that we play like every day. That's not the case. It's, um, it's, it's much more of a pressure cooker than a... Yeah, it's much more of a pressure cooker. When there's a big event coming up, the boys get into action and cram and, and you know innovate and find the ways and stuff. But a lot of it, like you said, is conceptualizing, like sitting around the coffee table, playing 
some other game, possibly. <laughs> some other card game, uh, which I've got yeah, the name of yeah. right now. Do you guys still playing it? Oh, not as much as we used to, unfortunately. That's, uh, that's going to have to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Star Realms. Star, Star Realms, Realms, that's right. Uh, when I first uh, when I first got into the house, the boys were like, you know how to play Star Realms? Like, never heard of it. I'm like, you're gonna. Because that's going to be... Imp- and it was. It was. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like, because you, you play, like, two games on stream that are essentially the equivalent of top table games every week, there's no real need to try and have to stay sharp. You're staying sharp by osmosis. It's just kind of pressure cooking to find what is the best like matchup and situation stuff. Yeah. And then there's also a case of like brainstorming with top players is yeah. very effective, honestly. Um, and going to events is probably the best practice you can have. And I go to a lot of events, which, which does help. But yeah. yeah normally during a week, we only get the stream games, maybe one extra if we're feeling like it, but that's about it. WTC LVO's coming up. Okay, now we might do a lot more testing. Exactly right. So what is your mindset going in? What are you focusing on from, you know, any any list construction point of view? Is there any I mean, without giving away what you believe you're going to be playing, um what are you focusing on like or what are you working to try and crack if anything? So I don't actually know what I'm going to be taking honestly yet. I I think I have it narrowed down to like Tau, Thousand Suns plus Flamers or um, uh, Quins, Harlequins. Yep, probably. I don't know. I mean, a lot of events I've gone to, I've taken an army that I wanted to. Like, I Quins were very good, but I think for Chicago, if I'd run Necrons, they would have been a little better. Um, but I, a lot of events I've been running, like armies I want to run, um, to them. And sometimes that has panned off, panned out, and sometimes it hasn't. Yep. Um, so you're considering LVO? Op- I'm going to run what I think is the strongest army in the meta. Okay. I think. Yeah. So I was about to say, uh, you're either going to honor your journey so far, or you're going to go against it and just do what is sensible. Uh, no, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play whatever I think is the strongest. I think to That's- LVO. Because LVO is like the big event of the year. It'll determine whether I come in first or not in the ITC. I think that one, I'm just going to be like, what do I think is the strongest army in the format? I'm playing it. Totally fair enough. For LVO, it, it, it exactly right. It, like It's almost like a, doing yourself a disservice at this point to do anything else. Um, but on that note, dude, hopefully you guys have enjoyed that journey through Jack's year so far. Um, and one last question. Um, how many Super Majors have you played this year? Like how many three days? Oh, three dares. Um, let me let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, wow. eight, wow. nine. Wow, no. dude! Nine super majors. Uh, pre pre COVID, pre COVID, it was usually one, maybe two a year, and that was that was just. Because one was LVO, and so you everyone everyone kind of just did one, and the other one was possibly it was WTC that year, possibly it was you know, <laughs> I mean, Nova, in a, uh, yeah, Nova was a big one because I'm from the Northeast. Yeah, so you know, it used to, be, and I was just pointing this out because this is I'm just showing the expansion of the game. Vic was the same. Vic was like most of the events I go to now are three days. In fact, I'm starting to maybe not do as many two days anymore because I can just go to three days and get tons more points, tons more 40k, and I love it. So. Dude, uh, 
yeah, amazing testament to the growth of the game. And yeah, on that note, we will wrap this one up. We're going to go over to part two and record there. A bunch of patron, patron and listener questions. Going to get a little bit deeper into the psyche of Jack. What does he think makes him a good player of 40K? What are his skills and attributes that really define his 40K identity, his competitive identity in the game? In addition to, you know, biggest biggest uh, wins and losses in life, you know, things like that. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Jack. You're an absolute legend, like I said. One of my one of my Thanks best right, mates. Yeah. One of my best mates in this community. Um, and yeah, thank you very much for your time. Anything you'd like to plug before we tune out? I don't know. Just uh, part two of this podcast. No, uh, <laughs> I'll fix my list every uh, every Wednesday morning at ten o'clock. Me and Brad go over viewer submitted lists and also just kind of talk nonsense and have a good time. So uh, tune in if you are excited to hear that, dude. Yeah, I'll look forward to it. And uh, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Come over, artofwar40k.com, Art of War done under our own patron. And yeah, we'll see you there. Take care. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under, a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K, hosted by Adam Camilleri, produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.